Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Donald Trump supporter, you're going to love this. Donald Trump's endorsements are now at 55 and zero. If you get his endorsement, you're winning. And it was a big night for Donald Trump's agenda all over the country. Now, if you are a anti-Trump person, a GOP establishment member, you're not happy right now. Also want to remind you very quick, if you've not hit that subscribe or auto download button so you get our podcast alerts every day so you know we've got the new show out there, make sure you hit that real quick while you're listening. Now, if you are not a Trump person in the GOP, if you're ready for him to go away, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Voters in Indiana and Ohio will decide who will represent them in November's general election, the primaries in both states on Tuesday. That's what they had to look at. And setting the tone in particular for the future of the Republican Party and for Donald Trump. That's what those primaries were really all about. How big is Donald Trump's endorsement strength? Is it big? Is it little? Can the GOP establishment put their candidates up against Donald Trump and have a chance of winning? Well, Trump has... 22 endorsements on the line across both states on Tuesday. Many of them in competitive races. 
others in not-so-competitive primaries. The biggest banner race of the night is the five-way GOP primary for U.S. Senate in Ohio, where Donald Trump had endorsed author J.D. Vance, a hardcore conservative, against four other candidates, three of whom also sought Trump's backing and one of whom did not. Those other candidates, Mike Gibbons, Josh Mandel, Jan Timken, and Matt Dolan all represent different views on the future of the GOP than Trump in varying degrees. Dolan, in particular, represented a major departure from Trump's view for the party. That's why it was particularly interesting on Tuesday morning when we saw Dolan's wife and some top national leftists like Daily Kost urging Ohio Democrats to pull GOP ballots and vote for the, quote, Republican Dolan in the primary. Success for Vance would have spelled good news for Trump-endorsed candidates in other upcoming primaries, such as those in North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Georgia, and elsewhere, where some have struggled and some have prospered. That's because Vance shot to the front of the pack in the final weeks of the race and polling after Trump backed him, despite an all-out effort against him from some and other donor class and the GOP establishment. Whoever wins the GOP nomination for Senate in Ohio will likely face Representative Tim Ryan, a Democrat in Ohio, in the general election. A tougher-than-it-looks race, given Ryan's push to portray himself as as tough on China, especially in a state that would really care about that because of manufacturing. Ohio's Senate primary is hardly the only big race that we saw on Tuesday. Several competitive congressional primaries in both Ohio and Indiana and the media was hoping that this would be a big test for Trump endorsements. So they could come out grandstand and say, Donald Trump is a loser, right? Donald Trump's endorsement and his star falling. You don't want Trump's endorsement because when you get it, then you lose. That's what they were hoping to write. So what did we find out? They were wrong. We also found out that the GOP establishment's view of the GOP's future is not what GOP voters want. Ohio GOP Governor Mike DeWine aimed to fend off two primary challengers, a former representative and a guy named Joe Blystone, something polling indicates he is likely to do, seeing that whether the polls are right and DeWine can seal the deal will also say a lot about the party in different respects than Trump's endorsements will. But in an interesting way, these elections are the first two since the unprecedented link of a draft decision from the U.S. Supreme Court, indicating that justices are likely to overturn Roe v. Wade later this year. So the question is, how would that affect things in the election, right? Electorally may or may not have a big impact in certain results. People are wondering, because that's part of the reason why the leak happened when it did. They wanted to affect the primaries that were taking place on Tuesday. So then what happened? Let's talk about this. Mike Gibbons has conceded in Ohio and endorsed Vance for the general election, meaning all the major major candidates now have coalesced quickly behind Vance on election night. That's no small feat. What was said? I'm humbled, proud, and honored by the overwhelming support we received from uh, from people in Ohio all across the Buckeye State tonight. Even though tonight did not go our way, tonight we won't be discouraged, Gibbons said. We have a lot of work left to do. Tomorrow is the first day of the general election, the most important of our lifetime. Congrats to 
J.D. Vance and his well-earned victory. I fully support him as a Republican nominee. Never forget our strength as Americans does not begin in Washington. It begins here in Ohio. As Republicans, we must unite to ensure our values are represented in Washington. What does that mean? Donald Trump won. Now, let's move on to another big election night that all the Democrats and all the media and all the mainstream establishment Republicans were obsessed with hoping that Donald Trump would lose. Trump back, Madison. Gilbert won the GOP nominee for Congress in Ohio's 13th congressional district. That coming late at night from the Associated Press. This means President Trump won again. Now, I was watching all the races around the country. I just gave you some highlights of some of them. By 3 o'clock in the morning, do you want to know what Donald Trump's record was on endorsements on primary Tuesday? President Trump went 22-0 in his endorsements on Tuesday evening, which followed a 33-0 record in Texas back in early March. That means that Trump's record is now 55-0 this year, a perfect record on endorsements. 55-0. and Let that sink in. Donald Trump's spokesman came out in a statement and said Trump's endorsement is what propelled not only Vance to victory, which was one of the hottest contested GOP establishment races against a Trump guy, to victory, but it's also a sign of things to come in future elections. Now, you got to understand, the media and the Republican establishment, they desperately wanted D.J. Vance to lose. Donald Trump went all in. He was the underdog. He put in tremendous work. He had immense political talent, is what the president said, which put him in the position to earn the support of the president, Donald Trump. His spokesman said it was the endorsement of President Donald Trump that took a candidate who many insiders said was in fourth and at single digits in the polls. And only two weeks have propelled him to the commanding first place finish. Quote, the power of President Trump's endorsement is undeniable. His dominance over the Republican power brokers in D.C. cannot be overstated. And the promise of this MAGA movement will not just define the midterms, but it will win for years to come. That is what Trump's spokesman said in a statement. Now, a total of 20 of Trump's endorsed candidates across Ohio and Indiana alone won their races. He has a perfect record in Indiana. A perfect record. That's incredible. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, the press did not want this to happen. There was, by the way, another major win for Donald Trump, and he backed Miller way back before outgoing failed Representative Anthony Gonzalez, another Republican of Ohio. One of the 10 impeachment Republicans in the House bowed out of the primary and chose uh, against trying to run for reelection. What does this mean? It means this. Trump is in firm command of the Republican Party. As election night went on, It was very clear that Donald Trump is still the face and the people love Donald Trump. Donald Trump cleaned up and down the ticket in Ohio. 
as all of his statewide candidates by the end of the night. The candidate for Secretary of State, Dave Yost for Attorney General, Keith Faber for Auditor, and Robert Sprague for Treasurer, all won their races too. Now, these are races traditionally that former presidents don't get involved in, but it was very clear that Donald Trump said, we're going to go all in in Ohio, and we're going we're gonna to do this, and we're going to get the GOP establishment out, and we're going to get good people in. And that's what they did. Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Report said that Vance will win his primary late in the night. He says, quote, I've seen enough. DJ Vance wins the Republican nominee and will face Tim Ryan in the fall. This is this is earth shattering news in a place like Ohio when they're watching this because the political insiders there just couldn't believe it. Now. The candidates, they're not stupid. D.J. Vance addressing his supporters as he was projected to win in a in the GOP Ohio Senate primary. And he had this to say about the president of the United States of America's endorsement. Listen, I have absolutely got to thank the 45th, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, ladies and gentlemen. One forgiveness example of what could be in this country, ladies and gentlemen, remember 2019 when wages were going up and not down. Remember 2019 when workers were doing well in this country, not struggling terribly. Thanks to the president for everything, for endorsing me. And I got to say, a lot of the fake news media out there, and, and, and there are some good ones in the back there. There's some bad ones, too, let's be honest. But they wanted to write a story that this campaign would be the death of Donald Trump's America First agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, it ain't the death of the America First agenda. It ain't the death of the American First agenda. The media and the GOP establishment has done everything they can to get rid of Donald Trump, to say that his endorsement doesn't matter, to tell you that his endorsement is actually some sort of hindrance on your campaign. Donald Trump was picking the candidates that the GOP establishment refused to pick. Make no mistake. He was picking candidates that were in fourth place, third place, and said, watch this. Hold my Diet Coke and see what happens. And this is exactly what happened. Donald Trump was able to have a massive victory. Because it wasn't just a personal victory for Donald Trump. It was a victory for the rule of law. It was a victory for constitutional conservatives. It was a victory for people that wanted to put America first. That's what the victory was. This is a victory that so many people should be proud of. It was a victory that people can get their head around and say, we have a coalition of candidates. And this is, this is something that everybody needs to learn from Donald Trump. You can't just win these, these states back and, 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 and move with just one candidate. You got to do the whole thing, up and down the ballot. You can't forget anything. Look at what President Trump did in Ohio. He went up and down the ballot and said, we're going to get a team together to change the state for the better. Not just one race, not an easy race. He picked hard races. He picked races that traditionally you don't get involved in. He picked races that were important races for the citizens in that state in non-sexy positions. And he did it all, all the way up and down the ballot. If you think Donald Trump's not still in charge of the Republican Party, you're an idiot. The elitists are still losing and Donald Trump is still winning. And that's good for all of us.
All right, I want to switch gears just for a second here and talk about something that's happening that needs to be on everybody's radar screen. And that is the Fairness Doctrine. Now, if you don't know what the Fairness Doctrine is, I'll give you a quick recap of it. It's the the Fairness Doctrine of the United States Federal Communications Commission, you know it as the FCC, introduced it in 1949. It was a policy that required the holders of broadcast licenses uh, both to present controversial issues of public importance and make sure that both sides of it were presented in a fair manner. In their words, to do so in a manner that fairly reflected differing viewpoints. Now, in 1987, the FCC abolished the Fairness Doctrine, prompting some to urge its reintroduction through either a commission policy or through congressional legislation. Later, the FCC actually removed the rule that implemented the policy from the Federal Registrar in August of 2011. Now, the Fairness Doctrine, if you believe what its original intent was, had two basic elements. It required broadcasters to devote some of their airtime to discuss controversial matters of public interest and to air contrasting views regarding those matters. Stations were actually given wide latitude as to how to provide contrasting views. It could be done through news segments, public affairs shows, or editorials. The doctrine did not require equal time for opposing views, but required that contrasting viewpoints be, quote, presented. Now, the demise of this FCC rule had been considered by some as the contributing factor to the rising levels of party polarization in the United States of America. Insert the Democratic Party and what they're now trying to do. Why does this matter, what I told you? Well, let me explain it to you. You know that woman, the Minister of Truth? We now have video and audio of her coming out during a web seminar saying this about the Fairness Doctrine. I'm going to jump in on the fairness doctrine bit. I, I personally would uh, would welcome its return to our country. Why? Why would she welcome its return to our country? Because she now, from what we've been told, wants to rein in conservative talk radio hosts. Now, this is a woman who's supposed to decide what is truthful, right? What is disinformation? What is acceptable and what is not? This is a woman whose job it is, with your tax dollars, to silence people like me first and then you. So if you think that the Biden administration's Orwellian Disinformation Board is only going after Twitter and Facebook users, you need to think again. Biden's Minister of Truth, Nina Jankowicz, wants to reimpose the Fairness Doctrine as a tool by Democrats to stifle conservative speech for decades. Quote, I'm going to jump in on the Fairness Doctrine. I personally would welcome its return to our country. In fact, Jenkowitz stated her position in congressional testimony to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence in October 2020. Now, what would a return of the Fairness Doctrine mean? It would mean that it would, well, basically impact the entire radio industry, and not in a good way. This previously unknown tidbit was also unearthed from her talking about how she thinks that quote, conservatives have gained too much power. 
have gained too much power. This is the woman that's supposed to decide what you are and what you're not. Now, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence held a virtual hearing on stopping the spread of misinformation online. Experts, quote, in social media, national security and intelligence testified to the rise of disinformation campaigns and those supported by foreign actors such as Russia and China. They also spoke about the responsibility of media platforms, the role the federal government should play, and the prevalence of conspiracy groups such as QAnon and how they use misinformation to manipulate and distort the truth. So you insert the new woman in charge of disinformation, of misinformation. For an hour and 35 minutes, they talked about not disinformation, but how to rein in conservatives that they don't like. That's what it was really all about. It was about how do you rein in conservatives? If you want to know who was involved in this conversation, it included people like Adam Schiff. In fact, Adam Schiff was there to talk about this and wanted you to understand it. Take a listen to what he had to say about misinformation online. Uh, before I begin, I want to go through our usual housekeeping matters. First, today's session will be conducted entirely on an unclassified basis. All participants should refrain from discussing any classified or other information protected from public disclosure. Second, the committee is conducting this virtual hearing in compliance with House Resolution 965 and the regulations for remote committee proceedings. It is being broadcast live on the committee's website. Because the threat posed by the COVID-19 pandemic remains ongoing, we are proceeding with this hearing remotely in order to ensure the safety of our witnesses, members, staff, and public. While we wish uh, we could return to all standard in-person events, uh, health and safety protocols dictate we find alternate means of carrying out our oversight obligations. Um, Okay, so uh, let me remind uh, members of a few remote hearing procedures. First, consistent with the regulations, the committee will keep microphones muted to limit background noise. Uh, members are responsible for unmuting themselves when they seek recognition or when recognized for their five minutes. Because there are sometimes delays when muting or unmuting. Um, I, I love these guys. They're talking about misinformation. These are the rules. Everybody mute yourself. We'll tell you who gets to speak, when you get to speak. Keep it all muted. You're responsible for unmuting. I mean, this is like first grade. But these are the people that run the country. So when they finally get to misinformation, right? Like Because that's what this is actually about. Adam Schiff goes all in. We've got a problem with misinformation in this country. And actors which could potentially cast doubt on the legitimacy of the electoral outcome itself or make us doubt the viability of our free and open democracy. That scenario goes to the heart of our national security and evokes the oversight mandate of Congress and this committee. Okay, so it's all about national security now. Same guy that used Russian hoax information to go after the President of the United States of America to undermine the President of the United States of America. The guy who tried to overthrow the will of the people. Right? The guy who tried to overthrow the will of the people. I want you to really think about that. Is sitting there telling us that we need not only a minister of disinformation, but we also need to bring back the fairness doctrine to rein in conservatives 
who have radio. Now, now let's compare that to what happens in this country in general. You want to talk about fairness? Look at the news, ABC, NBC, CBS. And I'm not in favor of bringing back the fairness doctrine because I know how they'll use it. They're only going to use it against conservatives, not Democrats. You think there's any conservatives over there? The answer is no, there are not. There, there are not. Make that very clear. There are any conservatives over at ABC, NBC, CBS in the newsroom? No. Are there any conservatives on virtually any of the cable news channels, excluding Fox News, Newsmax? No. What about at the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times? Are there a bunch of conservatives there, or at least equal, right, like 50-50? No. We all know that it's the liberal media owns media. We know that they're controlled by liberal narratives. And there have been people that have been hoodwinked and thinking, well, this would be fair across the board. It will never be fair. They will never make it fair. But this idea that you want to come after now talk radio, their ideal world would be to take conservatives off the radio and mandate that liberal programs be given. Now, the people have decided that talk radio is important and the people have decided that they like talk radio and that conservative hosts have good ratings and and Democratic hosts suck. I've said this for a long time. It's easy to have a one-sided argument with propaganda, right? It's very easy to have one-sided, okay, one-sided propaganda from Democrats in a three-minute newscast that goes unchallenged or untouched. You put a Democrat on the radio for three hours with phone calls, and it fails every time. I remember when they started a liberal news network. New, uh, not, not network, I should say, a liberal news syndicate. Air America. They used the best and the most brilliant liberal minds to become talk show hosts, and they launched on all these stations in liberal cities and towns. And it failed. It went bankrupt. It went under. One of, the, one of my prized possessions that I had years ago was when I was building out my studio for my syndicated show. We actually bought equipment that was used to broadcast Air America programming. And I loved buying it for five, ten cents on the dollar when they went under. One of the boards that broadcasted our show was a board that was used at Air America, which was just amazing. So here they are with their disinformation, individual, and what they're really doing now is they're trying to silence talk radio hosts, conservatives. I'm sure that podcasting will come next because they hate that we have a long-form format to be able to debate, discuss, have grand conversations about the most important issues in this country. That's what they hate. They despise it. And that's who they're coming for next. All right, lastly, please make sure you hit that subscribe button or auto-download button wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. And take a moment to write us a five-star review. Uh, Many on the left have been attacking our podcast, writing us bad reviews on purpose. So if you would help us fight back by writing us a good review, a five-star review, and share this podcast with your family and friends on social media to help us grow, see you back here tomorrow. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia. And you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. (laughs) You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.